All right, here we go. Episode 7. This is Fired Up with Jake and John. I'm WTOP reporter John Doman. And I'm WTOP afternoon producer Mike Jakaitis, a.k.a. Jake. You are Jake. I am the John in this podcast. And we've been talking all summer about barbecue. Jake, let me ask you a question. What are your favorite things to cook? Wow, favorite things. Well, pork butt, brisket, and pork belly burnt ends. I jumped the gun a little bit because that's exactly what all the kind of stuff we're going to be talking about next week. So let me rephrase that. Why do you like cooking all that stuff? Because it tastes good. It tastes great. <laughs> but it's also one of those things that sometimes you like feeling like you put a lot of effort into things. It, it, oh, yeah, definitely. It's a labor of love, especially with uh, cooks like for pork butt and brisket. I mean, look, if you want a good brisket and you want a good pork butt, it's not going to be a two-hour thing. I mean, it's going to take a lot of time and preparation. Obviously, we enjoy eating the fruits of our labor. Yes. But there's something to be said about the anticipation of all that labor. Yes. Knowing that something good is coming. You start something early on a Saturday morning knowing that Saturday night you're <laughs> going to feast. And the emphasis, early Saturday morning, sometimes 3 a.m. It can be. Yes, it can be. If you have friends coming over to eat your barbecue, not only do you want to impress, I mean, there's the pressure to to make sure that they're going to be ready to eat when it's time to eat, too. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, there's no worse feeling you have people over and your barbecue's not ready. And you know what? That is a thing. That's a thing that happens everywhere. And there's a term for that. It's, it's not just it's slow. It's not just you stink at what you're doing. There's a special term, and it's called the stall. The stall. Because your food is cooking, your food is cooking, you're on your schedule. Like, yes, 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 things are going to be ready here, it's going to be ready here, we're going to move it. Explain the stall. And then it just stops cooking. Mm -hmm. You've got a pork shoulder that's somewhere probably medium rare or just medium, and and that's not how you're supposed to have pulled pork. You're supposed to reach a certain temperature, and that dang meat thermometer just stops moving. Exactly. You're watching the temperature goes up, goes to, all right, 100, 120, 140, 160, 160. 160. 162. 160. Yes. 164. Right. Two hours later, you're at 167. Yeah, and you're checking. You say, hey, wait, are, are there batteries <laughs> in my meat thermometer? Is this working? You, yeah. Can I adjust the meat thermometer? Maybe yeah. this part of the pork is, is a yeah. lot hotter and something is just like, so no, that's, it's called the stall and it happens in a lot of smokers. So this is going to go back to, I, I think probably the one lesson I've learned doing this more than anything else is that there is no one right way to do barbecue, and that includes everything you see about how long it's supposed to take this to cook or that to cook. It's almost more of a guideline than it is a hard and fast rule. Exactly. And also, you know what I learned to get through the stall is that I accept it as it's part of the process. It really is. I mean, it's part of the process. It's going to happen. Not always. So don't be fooled. Like You might get lucky, and it's not going to happen. But you're right. There are times where it's going to happen. We asked Myron Mixon, who is not a fan of the adage that everything has to be low and slow. Oh, it's yeah. going gonna, gonna to take you 12 hours to, to, to cook something up because it doesn't have to. And, and sort of what he said about it all, especially if you're cooking for a party, made a lot of sense. So let's, let's go to Myron Mixon's kitchen in Old Town, Alexandria, and hear what he has to say. I would pick proteins that was a short cook. You don't want everybody out there swimming in your pool and eating up your food and drinking your liquor and you over here man in a pit all day. <laughs> yeah. You want to do things that cook fast, like a pork loin, cook it in an hour and 45 minutes. You can take a uh, ribs, two and a half hours, you know, long cook, bacon wrapped tenderloins, 
you can do those in about an hour and 15 minutes. I would do proteins that I could get done quickly so I could enjoy the festivities. Some good advice there because when you have friends over, they're drinking your beer, they're drinking whatever else you have. I, I got some friends who like to drink some of the harder <laughs> stuff too. Look, I understand I like to drink it too, but, but they how, like it. It's, yeah, but how can you if, if, if you're spending time Right. Tending to the meat. If, you, if you're doing all that, you're not socializing, you're not hanging out, you're not taking full advantage of the whole point of having the party. Yeah, I think the next time when I cook brisket, I may try Myron's hot and fast approach. Let's so try it, see what happens. There's the, hey, in the end, as we've learned, what you're striving for is the internal temperature. Exactly. And of course, that's what we're talking about here is when that internal temperature won't go up the way it's supposed to. Because, I mean, you're going to have a party where you want to serve everybody pulled pork or, yep. or brisket or something like that, and you have that big 8, 10, 12-pound thing of meat, and you got to get it done. Yeah, it has to be the right temperature, because if you pull it off too early, the meat's not going to taste good. I mean, the flavor may be good, but the tenderness won't be there. Right, and and that's that's one of the key things I think we've learned from our You need that stuff to pull apart at a certain way. Yes. Sometimes... It's going to take longer than expected. Yes. You have, to, yeah, have, you have to be patient, but there's also ways around it to accelerate the process. There is. The stall, the stall, the stall. I hate it. You hate it. Mm-hmm. So how do we beat it? That's something we asked Fernando Gonzalez. He's at 250 Barbecue in Riverdale. The guy just recently celebrated a, a year in business. It's good barbecue. Please. I mean, we don't like plugging things, but... It's, go, go there. It's excellent. Go there, enjoy it, and let's let Fernando tell us how he beats the stall in his totally wood-powered smoker every single day. So be ready to wrap, make your game plan, start really early in the morning. Um, if you cook an overnight, for example, and serve it at lunch, um, that's that's more forgiven in terms of the stall because you're just watching the fire at 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning with nobody around you. Um but still, you need to catch some sleep, some rest. Um, so definitely wrap. Definitely wrap once the bark is settled and where you want it to. How you want to wrap it? Tin foil is definitely going to be an accelerant on the stall. And some people confuse the stalls too with certain temperatures. You know, they're looking for a center te- certain temperature and they're probing and they're monitoring all the time. Uh, some people say 160, some people say 165, some people say 145. And if you if you're, if you're stick to a temperature, then chances are you'll get desperate at a certain point. Hey, this is not really going up because this textbook here says it has to be out of the stall at 175 and it's 180 and it's still not climbing up. You know, so don't, don't play by the book per se. You know, be ready for those surprises and don't get desperate. You'll get there but it'll take a lot of attention from you. The number one barbecue in Texas right now, Snow's Barbecue, they use foil, they use tin foil. And that will definitely accelerate the cooking process. Um, We use butcher paper here, but we use it once the meat has this bark settled where we want it to be. Then we wrap in butcher paper, then we finish the cook. And, and that's for briskets, that's for, for beef mainly. Now, there's a different perspective, too. Like, you know, sometimes it's great to have that meat coming right out of the smoker right. and, and after you've let it rest and everything, it's going to be delicious. But one of the things Fernando mentioned was getting up so early and, and then trying to catch up on your sleep right. later on. Rob Sonderman at the Federalist Pig had a different idea, sort of more along the lines of Myron Mixon, 
you know, just plan ahead. Be a little bit more practical with your time. Right. If you plan ahead, it makes things so much easier because then you have everything timed right. You can enjoy the party with your friends. Your meet will be done. Just plan ahead. And so if you know you're having a party, and look, 99% of the time, you don't just spontaneously smoke something and have a big cookout. Exactly. So, so here's what Rob Sonderman suggests. Might not be for everybody. You might lose the spirit, but you're still going to eat well the next day, and you're going to eat well on time. Here's what he had to say. Like, I think you're you're almost better off, like, cooking your pork shoulder or your brisket the day before if you're a little bit worried about serving people at 4 o'clock rather than trying to get up at 2 a.m. and you're checking it too much. And every time you open that smoker door, you just wasted 15 minutes. Even though you only opened it up for a minute, for 30 seconds, you just added another 15 minutes onto your cook time. So checking stuff too much, you know, the old adage of if you're looking, you ain't cooking, that like is absolutely true. All right, so that is Rob Sonderman. He's the pit master at the Federalist Pig. He used to be at Hill Country down in the, the Gallery Place, Chinatown area. He knows his way around a smoker as well. So again, going back to the adage that we've yeah. learned all year long, that there's no one right way to do right. it. There's nothing wrong with smoking it the day before. No, and it's not cheating. I mean, look, as long as it tastes good and it's ready on time, who the hell cares? Nobody really? does. The, no. the thing they're going to care about the most is, is it good and is it hot? Exactly. You, you can make it hot in the oven. Exactly. You're not in a barbecue competition. You're making it for your friends, your family, for yourself. Jake, I, I know you and I both have, especially me, I have done a lot of complaining this summer about the stall <laughs> yes, when it yes, comes to, to making pulled pork. Got a new smoker and, and my, my electric set it and forget it. <laughs> yeah, your text. <laughs> the, the, the stall is a real thing. Yeah, your text has changed talking about the stall. You're like, it's stuck, it's stuck, it's stuck. I'm like, yeah, patience, my friend, patience. And, and as Fernando mentioned in his piece, it's not always going to be at the same temperature. It could no. be in the 160s. It could be in the 170s. It, it could it, even be in the 180s. Exactly. In a lot of cases, it's going to come. So, Jake, tell me about it. How do you how do you beat it? With my pork butt. I do not wrap it. Okay? I mean, I set aside the time. I know for a seven and a half pound pork butt, it's going to take me at least 10 and a half hours. That being said, if I had to, I would use butcher paper because that way... It will help accelerate the stall, but you won't lose that bark. Now, some people want to use foil and put a little bit of liquid in there, and I heard that would really accelerate the process, but you may lose some of that bark. Brisket, I always wrap it, like around 165, 170 with butcher paper, and it comes out awesome. You don't lose the bark. You get through the stall. It's great. And some people wrap with uh, wrapped brisket and foil, which is known as the Texas crutch. They'll they'll uh, take the foil, put either some apple juice or some kind of marinade. It'll braise it a little bit, but you're going to lose that bark. I mean, but if if it tastes good, who cares? Butcher paper is a big thing in in smokehouses yes. around here. Restaurants love to use it. It's it's something you can did buy you pretty. Did you tell me about it? I'm, I, I probably okay. was the one because okay. I do have some in my in my house as well. Yes. Um, it's one of those things you can get really easily on Amazon. I use both butcher paper and foil. Uh, it's one of those things where when it, when I'm cooking certain things, I will definitely wrap it in butcher paper, especially if I'm planning ahead of time. What I've come to learn. In, in my new battles with the stall, because I, I didn't used to have this problem with the old smoker I had, but with my new battles with the stall, I, I try to wait it out. I try to be patient. I try to be patient. Right. I try <laughs> to be patient. And I'm not a patient guy. And tell them, what, tell them what you did to finish it. So what I have ended up doing is I've taken my pork shoulder and I've wrapped it up in foil. And sometimes I leave it in the smoker 
sort of starts getting it going a little bit. But after eight, nine, ten, even like eleven <laughs> hours in the smoker, yeah, I will pull it out and I will jack my oven up inside my house to as high as it gets. We're talking like five hundred some degrees, yeah. and I'll throw the pulled pork in there, wrapped in foil. And within an hour, I've hit that temperature uh, a little over 200 degrees that I'm looking for. You said when you did that, it was your best pork butt yet. Here's the thing. So it's been in the smoker. It's got that smoke flavor. It's got all the seasonings on there. I pull it out. It still has that wonderful bark on the outside Mm -hmm. that that tastes really good mixed with the the, the meat that's there on the inside. And you know what else it is? That bacon tip that you gave me. Oh, my gosh. I put that on my pork butt. Phenomenal. Try try some of that apple butter you do with your ribs, too. But anyway, when I pull it out of the oven, it's got the right temperature. It pulls apart really, really easily. It tastes delicious. Family, my wife, everybody, this is the best pulled pork you've ever made. And you know what? Nobody cared that exactly. I spent an hour in the oven. Exactly. Nobody cared. No one. It, it's all that matters. It's what, what you like, what your family likes. It's done. So that's how we handle the stall. If you get into backyard cooking like this, it's something you are going to come across. Yes. It's going to be frustrating if, if you're not expecting it. Uh, it. It could delay things if, if you're having a party. It could leave some hungry guests when, when you're expecting to be eating. Don't be afraid to use your oven. Exactly. Wrap it ahead of time. If you get the sense that it's coming, if it's starting to slow down, wrap it up. That's going to help some. But in the end, look, you're not cheating. No, you're, you're not. trying to eat. You're trying to eat well. And not only that, say if you wanted to smoke your meat ahead of time like say see after four or five hours your meat's not going to take any more smoke nope okay and then say you you, you smoke it for four or five hours you get up the next day you want to throw it in the crock pot it'll finish that way i mean you, you may not get that bark but it'll finish but don't feel bad about yeah. using your oven either there are exactly. lots of ways to work around there, there it there really is just there make really- sure you get the temperature that you want mm-hmm. you've oh. got to get for, for me for pulled pork mm-hmm. i'm looking at you know 207 yeah. And then I'm happy. Yeah, I'm around there. After like around between over 200 to 205, I'm happy too. And it's going to pull apart so much better. You're going to eat well. So oh, make sure you write this down. So so your work around. So because it's hard to remember. It's like, oh wow, how did I how did I work around this last time? Oh yeah, write it down. Always a good tip, and I always ignore it. And then you know I'm coming <laughs> to you to complain later on. <laughs> yeah, actually I started doing that, and wow, it, it helps. <laughs> All right, so next week. We are uh, going to talk about the favorite things that yes. we like to cook, something you yes. hinted about earlier at the oh, start yes. of the show. Uh, we, we've all got – it doesn't have to be complex. Nope. Could but be, it yes. does have to be good. Yes, yes. So yes. let's get into our favorite things to cook next week. We'll hear from some of the, the pitmasters around here about their favorite things to cook and eat as well. Now let's wrap it up with a quick tip. I'll rock it out this week. I'm not going to lie. I have gotten spicier and spicier with the seasonings I've been using in my food. Come to realize, like I'm not a big fan of just you know throwing hot, spicy pepper, peppery type stuff on food just to. What is your favorite spice anyway? I, it's more of a mixture of things. I mean, when when it comes to barbecuing, I love some old bay on, on on wings and things like that. But I've realized this summer I love throwing a little cayenne pepper. The more and more yes. into into um, I'm a big fan of cayenne. Yeah, I, I am using more and more cayenne pepper in my barbecue right now, and I come to realize that as somebody that. I don't mind spicy food, but there are some people out there who who love to really put hot, spicy stuff on their food and, and kind of make a game of it almost. It's, it's not just for flavor. It's to show off how tough they are and how, how well, hot they can get it. See, I like spicy food, but 
when you're doing barbecue, you don't want that to overpower the meat. That's the thing. Right. What I'm learning is that even if you have like an 8, 10-pound thing of pulled mm-hmm. pork, you can put a lot of pepper into it, and it's going to even out. It's oh, not yeah. going to overpower. It's going to give a little bite, but it's going to come out delicious. It's, it's not going to do the same thing as if you just put a bunch of cayenne pepper on top of whatever yeah, you're eating. Agree, 100%, because I remember I, was, I made some spicy ribs. You know, I make a separate one for me, separate one for my wife who doesn't like spice. I tasted my rub, I'm like, ooh, this is really spicy. And then um, I accidentally mixed up the, the leftover ribs. And I said, Kel, Kel, my wife, she gave, she gave me an eye roll. All right, this better not burn my lips. And uh, she tried it. Wow, it wasn't really that spicy. Yeah, it's, it's going to cook some of it off. And you're just going to have sort of that perfect bite left. Yes. So don't be afraid to, to go really, really spicy on the rubs in the beginning because, surprise, it actually kind of mellows works. out and, and, and works perfectly with the meat. Agree. It works out. So that is Episode 7 of Fired Up with Jake and John. Next week again. We are talking about our favorite things to smoke, and you'll hear from uh, some of the other people that we've talked with about their favorite things as well. Hopefully you enjoy it, and uh, we'll see you next week. Happy smoking. That was good. I like the end. Now I remember.